This episode is brought to you by Accenture. A better you starts with better hydration. Accenture is on a mission to inspire people to do what matters most. Their proprietary ionization process transforms water from any source into ionized alkaline water, providing water that's 99.9% pure with a pH of 9.5 or higher. Essentia Overachieving H2O, the number one ionized alkaline water. Shop now. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF protect skin against damaging UV rays and continuously deliver three essential ceramides to help restore skin's protective barrier so it can lock in moisture. Non-greasy, fragrance-free, and won't clog pores? With CeraVe, skin feels hydrated and looks healthy all day. CeraVe Facial Moisturizers with SPF from the number one dermatologist recommended facial moisturizer brand. Hello and welcome to the BBC Good Food Podcast with me, Tracy Ray. Can I eat carbs? Should I be restricting calories? Do diet foods work? For those genuinely trying to lose weight and make healthier decisions, the topic of weight loss can be overwhelming, confusing, and at times even a little strange. You absolutely loved our conversation on weight loss in our January podcast series. And so, backed by popular demand, is Emma White, Senior Nutritionist at NutriCheck, the top-rated food diary app and website. Emma has worked as a nutritionist for eight years with a special focus on weight loss, most specifically, what it actually takes on a practical level to achieve and maintain weight loss long-term. She's guided and advised thousands of people over the years towards successful weight loss in a way that works for them. This week, we'll be discussing the top weight loss myths we hear today to help you in making an informed decision about the best weight loss approach for you. This will be part one of a two-part weight loss episode. Hi, Emma. Welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Tracy. So lovely to have you here. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> so. As I mentioned, we did a podcast back in January, which answered some of our audience's burning questions about all things weight loss, um, while also touching on some of the common myths that we often hear. Um, and it proved so popular that I was really excited to get you back on so that we can dive even deeper into these myths we're just always hearing about weight loss. There are so many to cover, so shall we dive right in? Yeah, let's get going. Amazing. So, first weight loss myth. Fruits and vegetables are free foods, so you can eat as much as you like and still lose weight. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Interesting one. So, I think 
In a nutshell, no foods are free um, because all of them provide us with some level of energy. And obviously this ranges um, food to food. But I think essentially just to sort of also explain what would, what is a free food. So when it's talked about a free food, this would be something where you could essentially disregard the calorie content because it's negligible. So eat as much as you like. It probably isn't going to have a huge effect um, on your energy intake. Um, and it's sort of, there's certain diets that will recommend those types of foods to be free and there's, there's, you know, go for your life, eat as much as you like, don't worry about it. And I do think this sort of stems from the idea that these are a healthier choice, do tend to be lower in calories. So you can eat more of them without really having a significant effect um, on your energy intake. And the idea is that you'd probably naturally sort of stick to a lower calorie intake if you're bulking out your meals with those kinds of foods. But I think the issue is referring to them as a free food and suggesting that you can eat as much as you like um, isn't accurate. Um, and you can you can eat anything if you eat enough of it, you are going to have a significant impact on your calorie intake. So if your goal is weight loss, it's important to be aware of sort of everything that you're eating and the, the total calorie intake, energy intake of your diet. So I am often asked, oh, should I track my um, fruits and vegetables or can I just like not worry about those? But my advice would always be, yes, um, do, because it's important just to track everything, make sure that you're seeing the whole picture of your diet. And that's the only way to truly know sort of the total energy. And if you've got a specific weight loss goal and you're trying to create a specific deficit, then you need to know exactly what's going in. So, yeah, in, in a nutshell... There are no free foods. So, next myth. Particular foods or supplements can speed up your metabolism and boost weight loss. <laughs> yes. That's the uh, big one. Yeah. <laughs> I love this one. We're always seeing, aren't we, in the media and things, and there's the latest superfood in inverted commas or some sort of magic bullet that's going to be the cure-all answer to your weight loss prayers. You know, I think over the years we've... There's been kale, there's been bulletproof coffee, there's been turmeric, blueberries, green tea extract, there's all, all these different ones, we've heard them all, and they're sort of sold as being the significant tool in your weight loss journey. And to get straight to the crux of it, like there isn't a magic bullet, there's no one food or supplement version of a food that's going to significantly affect your sort of health or weight loss journey. It's about the bigger picture, so it's it's a combination of all of these different types of foods. But I always think it's good to give an example of, imagine if you were eating, let's say, 3,000 calories a day in takeaway pizzas, you know, really meaty, cheesy pizzas, but you were also eating three bags of kale, so you thought, well, that's, that's going to sort me out then because it's a, it's a wonder food. It wouldn't. <laughs> and the fact that you're probably going to be in a calorie surplus and it taking in a lot of saturated fat and extra calories and salt, the kale isn't going to undo that. And it's just important to remember that. So I think it's often quite dangerous to suggest that particular foods sort of in their individual right can have some sort of significant impact because it will take away focus from the other areas of your diet. And it's really important to get the balance right across the board and not to think, oh, well, as, as long as I'm taking my daily supplement of raspberry ketones or something, then I'm going to um, be fine and I don't have to worry about anything else. It's just sadly not the case. And I think 
it's just important that we move away from this sort of idea that there is this sort of superfood, so to speak, something that in isolation is going to have that significant impact. That's not to say that these foods can't have a benefit and, you know, they do tend to be quite nutritious and they've probably got something in them that is useful to our health or even our metabolism. But significantly, it's not going to help you lose a stone, for example, if that's all you're eating. It is still about being in a calorie deficit and getting a good balance of nutrients across the board. And yeah, I just think it's very important that we keep the focus on a healthy, balanced diet overall, um, instead of our focus being drawn to these sort of things that hoping that it's going to be the magic bullet that we need because there isn't one, I'm afraid. So, Absolutely. And I think, you know, we have to keep in mind that we're talking specifically in the context of weight loss here, you know, because we could, if we were talking about maybe gut health or what helps youthful glowing skin or energy or mood, then if you're eating those three giant pizzas, probably you could make a better decision. But adding the three bags of kale on top possibly would move the needle a little bit because you're going to be getting more fiber and more antioxidants and nutrients and things like that, which absolutely will have a benefit to your body. But as you say, in the context of weight loss, it's not actually detracting any of those, you know, calories from those pizzas. And it's not reducing the quantity of food that your stomach is being filled with. So as much as it would be lovely if there was such a such a magic bullet, we do have to kind of think about the foundational principles of of weight loss as well. I just wanted to highlight another thing that you mentioned because you said significantly a few times, which I think is so important for this message because, you know, it can be really hard to decipher what really makes a difference versus what, you know, Maybe there's some research to show that it makes a little bit of a difference, but doesn't make enough of a difference for me to actually be investing or spending a lot of of time or money or effort, including a certain superfood or supplement in my diet. And, you know, we mentioned some compounds that there is research out there to to show an effect on on weight loss. So things like green tea or CLA, so conjugated linoleic acid, which is a type of omega-6 fatty acid. I feel like that's often one that's spoken about in the weight loss space. And, you know, there there is research out there to show that, oh yes, this has shown a boost in metabolism. But if you really read that whole piece of research and you take it into context, the effect is negligible. Like it's absolutely tiny. So sure, you're probably not going to do any harm if you're drinking a few cups of green tea a day. There's other reasons that that can be of benefit. But if that's your main tool for weight loss, you're probably not going to move the needle as much as you would like to. If any of these really were sort of as brilliant as they're sometimes made out to be, we'd we'd know about it. We'd be we'd be dishing them out to everybody, wouldn't we? So, um, or everyone that might need them. And obviously, that's not the case. There isn't one that's been like, oh, this is absolutely a magic bullet. Like, uh, let's prescribe it. There's just yeah, like a bit of evidence for some potential small benefit. Um, so, I think it's just important to yeah, like be aware of the significance of it, really. Um, and yeah, don't detract away from the the 
main goal, which is a healthy, balanced diet overall. So on to healthy foods. If you eat healthy foods, you should naturally lose weight regardless of how much you eat. So I love this one. Yeah. Um, You know, if I'm only eating unprocessed fresh fruits, vegetables, meats, proteins, can I just eat what I want? (laughs) Well... Not if your goal is to lose weight. Um, No. (laughs) So, yeah, this is a tricky one because, of course, we want people to be eating healthily and to be focusing on getting a good balance. And you will find it more, you'll find losing weight more enjoyable and easier and more sustainable if you're eating a healthy diet. But when it comes to weight loss, it's all about the total energy that we're taking in and we need to take in less than we're using. And so if you're, um, even if you're eating really, really good stuff, it's still possible to overeat. So I just think it's very important to be aware of the total intake of your diet. But of course, like eating healthily is the main goal and people do generally find it easier to stick to a reduced calorie intake if they're eating a high fiber diet, high protein diet, bulking out their meals with fruits and vegetables, then it will be easier. It will be more enjoyable. You'll feel satisfied. You'll feel energized. But as I say, you can still overeat or or sort of go into a calorie surplus. Um, So you think of some foods, so nuts or olive oil or um, oily fish, these things that are really, really healthy, but they do pack quite a calorie punch because they're high in sort of good fats. So if you're stocking up a lot on those, then you can add quite a bit of calories and it could take you over so that you're not in a calorie deficit for weight loss. So I just think in, in when it comes to weight loss, if that's yeah, the, the goal, um, you need you still need to be aware of exactly how much you're eating and trying to maintain that calorie deficit. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Smart Food Popcorn. Some decisions aren't the best, like skipping ahead in your favorite podcast. Think of all the banter you'll miss, the lore in the making. Luckily, Smart Food Popcorn is a no-brainer. Deliciously tasty and available in a variety of fun flavors. It's a smart decision every time. Smart Food. Add smart. To learn more, visit smartfood.com. Definitely. And I think as well, it depends on where you're coming from. So, you know, obviously, if you have a lot of weight to lose, then possibly, and maybe you're used to eating very heavily processed foods, possibly if you did switch to, you know, all unprocessed um, foods for a period of time and ate them unlimited or in abundance, you probably would notice a a bit of weight loss. Um, But then you might find that as you kind of get closer to your goal, depending on what that might be, that the weight loss will kind of fall off and then um, 
you might need to consider some of the, these other lifestyle basics that support weight loss in terms of, you know, calories in, calories out, portion control, all, all of that kind of thing. Um, so it's a little bit of a, a tricky one because definitely by switching from an ultra processed diet to a, you know, whole foods diet where you're you're cooking a lot of your own foods, you know what's going in. It has such an amazing benefit on your health in so many ways. But again, we're talking in the context of weight loss. So as I say, even if we're eating, you know, healthy foods in abundance, so we're eating really, really healthy calories, if it's too many, um, and if it's significantly too many, you're not going to experience that weight loss that you desire. So um, yeah, I agree with you in the context of weight loss. I think that's what, but yeah, you did make a very good point that I feel like if you do eat a healthy balanced diet and really rich in all these really important nutrients and things, then you would naturally probably see some weight loss, like you say, because I think you naturally eat less calories because you're just filling up on stuff um like really good stuff fiber protein is very filling um so you would probably see a bit of a drop off but as you say it's important sort of long term to still be aware that it's possible to go over so if we're just talking about weight loss you still have to pay attention but if your goal is just health then yeah obviously go go for your life please eat as as well as possible enjoy it <laughs> <Yeah>. absolutely <laughs> Um, and I think it's really interesting, actually, for someone who maybe they're at the beginning of their nutrition education journey or kind of educating them a themselves a little bit more on food. It actually can be quite fascinating if you look at the difference in the kind of calorie or macronutrient breakdown. So your macronutrients being, you know, protein, fat, carbohydrates of like a home-cooked meal versus something equivalent that might, you know, be a ready meal or might come from um, like a fast food outlet or something like that. It can actually be quite like stark in terms of seeing the difference in, you know, calories and maybe the increase of protein and the reduction in sat saturated fat um, between those two meals. So it can be a fun thing to play around and just kind of see, oh, you know, can I still make my favorite takeaway, creamy, rich, indulgent meals, all those things that sometimes we feel like we can't have when we're trying to lose weight. But if I make it from scratch, if I'm following a recipe, then I could still have this. But actually, it's just it's fitting into to, to what I need right now. So Yeah, exactly. And being able to add more of the good stuff and take away, sort of so add more vegetables to that meal than you might get from a ready version, like you say. Um, swapping out ingredients, so swap your double cream for a lighter creme fraiche or something and, and have that creamy pasta. It'll taste just as good, um, but you'll just be getting so much more from it. So. Absolutely. I'm, uh, I absolutely love bulking out really rich creamy sauces with veggies because I must say I love a rich sauce I love creamy sauce but I find that if I you know if you eat that with a lot of you know say like a lot of creamy sauce with a pasta or a rice you just feel so sluggish and heavy and if you did look at the the breakdown the nutritional analysis of something like that it probably wouldn't be very conducive to to weight loss whereas if you throw 
throw a ton of broccoli into that exact same dish. Don't change anything else. Just add a ton of broccoli or if you want to go an extra step, maybe swap out the cream for yogurt or or creme fraiche or something like that. The difference can be massive, but actually the taste can be very, very similar. Um, so, yeah, love that. Completely agree. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're going to love this next one, considering what you do. Um, so I'm going to put this completely over to you. Losing weight is a linear process. Yes. So... <laughs> this one for me, I feel, is less, probably less of a myth and more of a desire of um, people that want to lose weight. Um, it comes up quite a bit with our members to me um, that they'll come to me and say, oh, I'm not losing weight um, or I'm really struggling. Why am I not losing two pounds a week? Because I've looked elsewhere and my friend's been losing like that. And it's just sadly... It, it just can't work like that. Our bodies are not machines. And so as much as we can, you know, use formulas and calculations to try and estimate what somebody may need as, as energy intake, there's so many factors that are going to affect that. So things from our hormones, um, the food choices. So if you eat a really salty meal, you might gain a little water retention like the following day. Um, stress levels can have an impact. Someone's body composition that we can't see by looking at them is going to have an effect because muscle's going to help you burn calories more. So all of these factors just mean there's so many fluctuations, so much going on day to day that's going to affect what how your weight is. And so what you will see is a series of ups and downs, stops and starts, backs and forths, basically. And I appreciate that that's kind of a frustrating experience if you're doing everything you think you should and you're trying to lose weight and you just don't know why you're not seeing that same two pounds on the scale every week. But I think this one comes back to sort of setting the right expectation. So it's very, very uncommon for us to see that linear progression. So what we do say is look at your starting point and look at where you are now. And if you're seeing a downward trend, then you're progressing in the right direction. And that is brilliant. And that's what we want to see. You will see ups and downs. Um, and as I say, backs and forths within that period. But as long as you're seeing sort of a downward trend, then you know that what you're doing is working is going to get you to your goal in the long run. So it's just having that expectation and trying not to be overly disheartened when you're not seeing exactly what you want on the scales each week. It's also another reason why I often recommend tracking other measures of success. So obviously weight weight loss might be the main goal for a lot of people, but also think about are you feeling more energised? Do you generally feel better with the foods that you're eating? Um, are, do your clothes fit better? Are you sleeping better? Um, there's all these things that um, are another benefit of a healthier sort of way of life. And so while you might not see exactly two pounds on loss on the scales each week, you might have had a really good mood that week or you might have been sleeping brilliantly. And this is all because it's positive changes um, that you've been making and they can really help to sort of keep us on track when we're not necessarily seeing the losses that we want. So yes, <laughs> in a nutshell, sadly, weight loss isn't a linear process um, and I think it's important to expect that it won't be um, and just look at the long-term trend to see whether you're progressing as you hoped. Absolutely. That's some great advice there and I think, you know, 
just try not to compare yourself to to others if possible. I think it's really easy to compare yourself to friends or a partner or a spouse, um, particularly because often, you know, we might get our community around us to go on this this weight loss journey. But everybody's bodies uh, react differently. Um, you know, stress is a massive factor. Your environment is a massive factor. Hormones are a massive factor. So, you know, try and give yourself a little bit of grace and, uh, you know, focus on what goals you're achieving and how you're feeling, as you say, um, and just keep going with it because it's not easy. Mm. And anyone that says it's it's easy, um, I would love to talk to them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Another point on that though, as well, is is the fact that our body changes as we lose weight as well. So you know, you're, you're going to be smaller than you were at the beginning, which is going to affect how much energy you need to take in. And there's there's all these sort of factors that can change that means what you were doing right at the beginning isn't going to get you the same result six, seven, eight weeks down the line, for example, when things might have shifted. So that's another reason just to expect that the journey is going to change and that you need to make little adaptations along the way and, and progress with things like exercise where you can just to keep seeing those results. But yes, it's an up and down journey, but a fun one. <laughs> you know what? Isn't isn't everything in life a little bit of an up and down? Exactly. Um, so this next one is, I would say, quite quite close to my heart because um, definitely something I've experienced in my life. But I have to starve myself to lose weight. So I know I I was overweight as a kid, and I have like very vivid memories of thinking, you know, okay, today's the day I'm I'm not going to be overweight anymore. And you decide I'm going to spend a whole day and only eat one piece of bread. And that's the way to do things. Obviously not having a clue about nutrition or not having a clue about how the body works. And, you know, throughout my life of now, you know, having more experience, but also a formal education in nutrition, I, I realised just how wrong that that idea and that thought is. But I also appreciate where it comes from and why someone might think that starving themselves is the, the way to weight loss. So I'd love to hear from you, you know, is this a question that um, your members often ask a lot or um, something that you've been, you know, had to discuss before? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a really interesting one. Um, that I think there is this, this sort of widely held belief that less is more when it comes to losing weight. And um, people believe that if they just eat fewer and fewer calories, they should see more and more weight loss. Um, and of course, as you said, you can understand where this idea comes from because losing weight is about reduce, like creating a calorie deficit. And so of course, it seems to make sense on the surface of it that if, well, surely the less I eat, then the more I'll lose. I think the issue is that that's not what we see in the long term. And um, and it's really just not the healthiest or the most sustainable way to go about weight loss. And it can be very, very unenjoyable. And actually looking at the research, we know that while initially you may see that you're um, that you drop weight quite quickly, so of course if you if you go down to eating sort of a thousand calories or less a day, um, it's that's very very low calorie, and you're probably going to see that you're um, that you drop weight very quickly. 
But then what we see is that really starts to slow down. And actually long term, most of the time in these types of approaches, people will fall off the wagon in some sort of spectacular fashion because it's not sustainable and end up regaining sort of the weight. Um, and it's just not seen as like a long term um, successful approach. So the other thing to consider is um, our bodies, they're, they're very, very adaptive. So they're not really interested in talking about our body as a third person, but in losing weight. So our body is not aware that we have excess weight that we need to essentially not be carrying around. So all it's interested in is maintaining sort of energy supplies and stores. Um, And so when we put it in a calorie deficit, it starts to think, oh no, you know, there's there's not food coming in. Um, I need to make some changes to try and hold on to what I've got essentially, which obviously is not very helpful when you are trying to lose weight. But this is more, you see this sort of um, on a larger scale, if you really, really drop your calories very low and essentially are starving yourself, you'll see things like your body will decide, okay, I'm not going to send energy to things like nail growth and hair growth, because it's just those aren't essential. Um, Things like your NEAT um, that I think we discussed previously, so your non-exercise activity thermogenesis, so those sort of little movements every day, you will unconsciously do less of those. So you might fidget less or choose to take the lift instead of the stairs because you won't have the same energy. And we can also lose some muscle mass and things when we're not um, eating um, enough calories, which again affects our metabolism. So all these things sort of add up to make our metabolic rate essentially slow down, which just makes weight loss in the long run harder. And so with Without a doubt, the sort of most enjoyable and effective way to lose weight long term and to try and to keep it off is just to have a moderate reduction in calories and to exercise more where you can. So you want more output, a little less input, and you will gradually lose weight in a healthy way while still be able, being able to nourish your body um, in the way that you need to. Absolutely. And I think, to be honest, malnourishment in the context of weight loss isn't something that we talk about enough. Um, Because, as we've both said, it's easy to see why someone might think that starving themselves is the route to weight loss or a super low calorie diet is the route to weight loss because, you know, we do hear about calories in, calories out. But as you say, our bodies are quite adaptive. As you say, our bodies are quite adaptive. They're actually highly, highly intelligent. And if you're coming off the back of maybe many years of yo-yo dieting, or maybe not yo-yo dieting at all, maybe you've been getting plenty of calories over time, um, but you haven't actually been getting plenty of nutrients. And so what can happen is that you can present in a state of having some excess weight that um, you desire to lose. But actually, you're at a deficit of, of nutrition or nutrients. And so if you go from that to these really, really severely low-calorie diets or low-calorie approaches, not only will you feel rubbish, but your body will cling on to the weight for dear life because it's thinking, oh my God, I have absolutely no nutrients in my body to kind of, you know, 
help my brain work, help my hormones function, help my gut function. So I must need to cling on to all of these calories. Whereas actually, if you give yourself the grace of some re-nutrition time, so really focusing on getting the good stuff in, so lots of fruits and vegetables and healthy fats and healthy proteins, you might be surprised to find that your body will release excess weight a lot more quickly because it's has those reserves of nutrients. So you're telling your body, actually, I have everything I need. I'm getting lots of nutrition. I can let go of this excess weight. I don't need it anymore. So I really think that nutrition in the context of weight loss is also an important thing that that we don't talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And um, it is interesting you say that because I'll sometimes um, have our, some of our members that will be not understanding why their weight loss has really stalled and I'll see that they've been eating really, really low calorie intake for quite some time and this is essentially what's happening. Their body's holding on to things and so you'll say to them, you might need to try upping upping your energy intake and really focusing on getting those nutrients right um, and then you, and you might need to reset for a while but then you should then start to see the, the weight loss that you want and progression and they don't get it. They just think that doesn't make any sense. How can I, how can eating more help me? And it can though. We've seen it happen when if you eat the right level and you get the right nutrients, you can help to reset things and help things restart again. And actually starving your body of everything that it needs is not going to help you progress in the way that you want to. Um, and it's just not a healthy or enjoyable way to do it. And I and I always think the main message is um, it's not necessary and I, and I don't want people to have to suffer by feeling like they have to feel really hungry and starved every day because it isn't the best way to lose weight and it's absolutely not the way to go. 100%. I fully believe that if you are significantly suffering in some way, then something isn't right. You're getting poor advice or you're being too hard on yourself or you're going about it the wrong way. And please reach out and get some better advice because it shouldn't be that painful. Um, right, so we're on to our last myth, if you can believe. Um, I mean, we're not on to our last myth. We have about 20 more um, and we could go for hours. But this one is quite interesting, actually. I'd love to hear your thoughts because um, it's definitely something that I used to get asked quite a bit about this whole idea of fill yourself up on liquids to avoid eating too much. Is that a positive approach to weight loss or is that something that you wouldn't recommend? I think this depends on um, how you're doing it really. So it can be beneficial and it is sometimes recommended. So have a glass of water before you eat your meal. If you are someone who may potentially be prone to going in for seconds and um, because you just feel like your tummy's not full, having a glass of water might just help to fill that space and then eat your meal. So you may feel fuller a little bit faster. So it could benefit you if you need to try and reduce your portions. And things like soups, because they're quite... they're um, they can fill us up um, for fewer calories, so they can be useful if you're on a weight loss diet. I think if you're then using that, um, it's but if it moves into t territories of being an unhealthy habit. So if you're replacing meals with a can of Diet Coke because it's a fizzy drink and it fills up your tummy, so you think, oh, I'm, I'm not hungry anymore, but actually you've not given your body any nutrition or energy, um, that's not a sort of healthy behaviour 
skipping meals to replace them with liquids in that way is not um, the best approach. But I think they, as, as I said, they can be used um, to help sort of fill you up a little bit and making sure that you're hydrated is very important in terms of weight loss. But don't be using them as your sort of replacement to meals or um, filling up throughout the day on these things when you're then missing out on important nutrients or energy. Couldn't agree more. I think it I think it can be quite common actually to sometimes try and use certain particularly liquids that might have an appetite suppressant element. So maybe coffee that has caffeine or, as you say, um, certain fizzy drinks that might have, have caffeine and think you're doing this fantastic thing because I've managed to skip lunch, so I've saved a, a ton of calories. But And while that might feel great in the moment, the knock-on effect of that long-term can be quite unfortunate. So you could reduce your nutrient intake, as as we mentioned, and then it might cause your body to cling on to even more weight. Whereas, again, particularly in the case of, you know, if you're coming from a space of eating really, really large portions, I think it can be quite an, a strong ad- adjustment when you're kind of looking at how much food you actually should be eating and you're thinking, oh my God, that's not going to fill me up at all. And it can be a very uncomfortable process to go through. So in that context, as long as you're still eating proper meals, as you say, um, enjoying some soups or, you know, herbal teas are great or like water, things like that can be not only a great way to stay hydrated and add more nutrition, but really help to, I guess, ease the the discomfort of that adjustment period in particular. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Amazing. Well, Thank you so much for being here again. I've really enjoyed this. I really hope that uh, the listeners enjoy this so that I can have yet another conversation (laughs) with you about myths because, as I say, I have about 20 more myths that we could run through. And I just think it's um, the the most fun thing to discuss. And I I find that it's quite valuable because I know that I've been in that place, you know, before I was educated in this area where I'd be reading things or hearing things and thinking, oh my God, like this is this is the solution. This is the magic bullet. So I really hope that it's it's useful um, to anyone listening, kind of hearing our, our take on these things. And um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Completely agree. (laughs) Thanks for having me, Tracy. Absolutely. So for anyone that would like to find out more about Emma and NutriCheck, you can find all the links on our podcast page on bbcgoodfood.com forward slash podcasts. As mentioned, this is a two-part weight loss episode. So if you enjoyed listening, don't forget to tune in for part two at the same time next week, where we'll be discussing, as nutritionists, how we really feel about the most popular weight loss diets from low-carb carb, high protein, to the alkaline diet, Mediterranean diet, and even more. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the BBC Good Food Podcast. Join us on Thursday for our bonus cook-along recipe. And don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode.